big welcome to tonight's great to be together. Um, thank you for all those who are really helping the church right now. Thank you for Malcolm for all his help with the audiovisual things. Thank you to Marlon sorting that out for us. <coughs> um, also a big thank you to um, everybody for their prayers and their concern for each other. Um, for those who work in the hospitals and with the elderly, um, for Mary Carr, for Pip, um, for Heather, um, Gertrude, um, for Penny, um, Joy, and many others, I'm sure. Thank you. Sherry. Yeah, I just want to share a scripture that's really helped me this week that I looked at. It's in John 16, verse 33, when Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And he says to them, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. And for me, this scripture is very comforting and very inspiring because it reminds me that God is even greater than the challenges that we're all facing right now. And the uncertainty that we're facing and the, the, the difficulties that we may face as we go through this crisis um, none of those are greater than God and God's ability to help us through. And that's just very encouraging and very com comforting uh, to me at this time. I, I want to encourage everyone, or thank everyone for being so encouraging, um, praying for each other. Um, I think we're all aware of each other's prayers. I certainly am. Thank you for that. As I was thinking about tonight, I was thinking really the challenge for us is to be like Jesus. And that's the thing I want to remind us of during time like this, to set our hearts on being like Jesus. Um, in Acts 4, um, the disciples are going through a very difficult time. And in verse 14 it says, um, verse 13 it says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realised they were unschooled ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that they had been with Jesus. Um, obviously, the thing that was amazing about the early church was that Jesus had left uh, his followers a, a pattern to follow. Also in Acts 16, um, when um, Paul and Silas are in prison, um, and they're put in prison under very difficult circumstances, and yet they're in prison um, and they're singing hymns to God, um, aware of just how God has looked after them and how they're and then the jailer becomes a Christian. And that's pretty exciting. Again, just the thing that was amazing there is they reflected Jesus. Um, another passage I thought of was in Galatians 6.10. It therefore it says, Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let's do good to all people especially those who belong to the family of believers. Um, the heart of the early church, the heart of Jesus. Um, 
very, very exciting, very special. Um, and then in 1 Peter, um, 1 Peter 1 verse 22, it says, um, Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love, um, love each other deeply from the heart, um, the heart of Jesus there. I was reminded how a couple of nights ago I had the opportunity, I don't know why I did this, but I just I rang someone who used to be in the church and we had such a nice, such a good talk. Um, he was self-isolating, so he was, he was at home waiting for me to telephone him. And it was really just, we had, it was lovely. It was an opportunity, I think, to be like Jesus. So let's remember that um, our, that our uniqueness comes from being like Jesus and our identity comes from being like Jesus. So let's bear that in mind. Thank you. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim and Chevy, for welcoming us. Thanks, Tim, for those thoughts about the early church. I'm going to add a few thoughts here. And then I think for a lot of us, we're going to take some time afterwards to discuss our thoughts on what Tim shared about the early church and what I'm going to share now from Psalm 120. Why Psalm 120? Well, it's the first of the Psalms of Ascent, as they're called, which run from Psalm 120 to Psalm 134. And I'm doing a podcast series on those, as many of you will know. And if you haven't had a chance, you might want to catch up on those. They're daily devotional podcasts of about six minutes each, helping us to focus on one thought uh, from the, from from each one of these psalms as we go through them, uh, to help us to have, hopefully, a healthy spiritual perspective on what's going on, on our pilgrimage, our Christian pilgrimage, our pilgrimage going from where we are to where God is taking us in this life, and then ultimately where God is taking us into the next life. So what happens if you don't already know this is the Psalms of Ascent were sung by bands of pilgrims as they went from where they lived, to Jerusalem, to the temple, to the holy city, to the most holy place, at the major festivals of Judaism. So at least three times a year, a a household, a a group, a village would travel together and they'd sing these psalms along the way. Psalms they all knew by heart. And they took them from where they lived to where they were going. And I like the parallel here for us because... We are going through our Christian pilgrimage through, let's face it, uncertain times. We don't know exactly how this will all turn out after the COVID-19 virus has done its worst. We don't know what exactly the economy will look like. Many of us don't know exactly what our work situations will be like, even if we will have a job. We don't know what will happen to those we love, especially the elderly and those with uh, challenging health conditions, whether they'll make it. We don't know what that's going to look like. There are so many things. We don't even know how we're going to feel about our world, about God, about the church, about our faith. We don't know how it's what difference it will make to our neighborhoods and our families. And some we trust will be good and helpful. But other things we, we just don't know. And so it seems to me that we need to have, it'll help us to have the perspective that God is taking us from point A to point B, at least this part of the journey. There's, there's a pilgrimage 
and we're making a journey together. And if we trust God, we know that where we will end up is going to be better than where we started from. And perhaps we need that shaking up. I'm not saying God caused the virus to shake us up, but when something like this happens, maybe it can be helpful to allow it to shake us up and say, oh, I need to move. See, when those pilgrims started out from wherever they were living in Israel, they had to they had to pack up their house. They had to pack up their business. They had to get all their donkeys uh, saddled and all the bags packed. And they had to get the family together. And imagine they had young children. They were traveling for maybe a week or two on their way to Jerusalem. They had to make the decision. It's comfortable here. Uh, business is going well. There's no reason to go to the temple except, well, we're supposed to. But do we really have to? Would God really mind if we didn't go? They still had to make that decision. I trust God that I'm in a nice place, but I'm. he wants me take, to take me through uncomfortable times and experiences to somewhere better. And that's the Christian discipleship life of discipleship, isn't it? That we trust him that as things come up like this, that God says there's somewhere better, I'm taking you. So that's why I think the Psalms of Ascent are so useful right now. Anyway, enough background. Let's get into this psalm, Psalm 120, and let me share just a few brief thoughts for us for tonight. Psalm 120, I call on the Lord in my distress, and he answers me. Save me, Lord, from lying lips, from deceitful tongues. What will he do to you, and what more besides you, deceitful tongue? He will punish you with a warrior's sharp arrows with burning coals of the broom bush. Woe to me that I dwell in Meshech, that I live among the tents of Kedar. Too long have I lived among those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. So, just a couple of brief points here. Firstly, what we see at the beginning is that the psalmist is honest about his distress. I encourage us, in our prayer times, even in talking to one another, be honest about our distress. I've been encouraged as I've talked to people about how they're finding this time that many have said, I don't know. I, I'm just, it's really tough. I don't know how to handle it. I'm in over my head. I, I, I don't know I don't know how to handle it. And I like that. I mean, it's not comfortable, but it's good. And in our relationship with God, as we go out to pray or whenever we're spending some conscious time with God, it's important to be honest. The psalmist says, I call on the Lord in my distress, not once the distress is over but in it. Let's be honest with God whilst we're in the middle of our distress. We, we are all confused right now. We're living in very strange times. Uh, generally speaking, if you're walking down the street and you see somebody walking towards you on the pavement, if you were to then cross to the other side of the road, they would think you were being very rude by, by just avoiding you deliberately. Nowadays, if you do that, people wave and smile at you and say thank you. We, this is a topsy-turvy world. Uh, toilet roll seems to be the most uh, valuable commodity anybody can possess. Uh, and and it's it's affecting our minds too, right? I mean, yesterday I had a shave, as you can probably see. I'm looking nicely shaven yesterday. I had a shave. And after my shave, I have some uh, aftershave I put on my face because I'm getting old and wrinkly. And uh, I reached into the basket and pulled out a tube of something and put it on my hands and spread it all over my face. Lo and behold, it was not uh, aftershave balm. Um, it was a hair conditioner. And I realized once I had this spread all over my face, I had conditioner all over me. And the bizarre thing is, not only was it conditioner rather than 
uh, aftershave balm. I don't even keep the aftershave balm in that basket. It's in. It's not in the bathroom. It's in my bedroom in a drawer next to my bed. It wasn't even in the same place. My brain and my mind are so scrambled a lot of the time. I do not know what's going on. You and I need to be. It's healthy to be. And God likes it when we're honest with him in our distress. So that's the first thing. And then he says, he answers me. And so he approaches God with the knowledge that he answers. And he has answered your prayers in the past, hasn't he? He's answered some of mine. So we can have confidence he's listening now and he's answering our prayers. Um, So that's our first thought there. Second thought, in the next couple of verses, he talks about the lying tongue. It seems that what's happening to the writer of the psalm is somebody is slandering him and he's having a hard time with this. That's why he talks about the deceitful tongue. But then he says, what's going to happen to you, you deceitful, uh, you deceitful tongue? What's going to, how's this going to get sorted out is the question he's asking. And as he reflects on how it's going to get sorted out, he realizes God's going to sort it out. He, that's the he, he will punish you with a warrior's sharp arrows with burning coals of the broom bush. Now the broom bush, uh, you can make that into charcoal in ancient Israel. So basically what this chap is saying is, you've got a deceitful tongue, just stick it out one more time and God is going to stick a warrior's sharp arrow through your tongue and he's going to take a piece of red hot charcoal and burn your tongue off with it. I think that's the kind of imagery he's got. And what's he really, I don't think he's really being vindictive, but I think what he's getting across is the only weapon you've got is a tongue. My God has got far more powerful weapons than that, so you better watch out. And we now are feeling rather overwhelmed by this agent of death and pain, this COVID-19 virus. That's nothing on the power available to God. And you and I tap into that power when we pray by faith. We pray for people. We pray for their bodies and we pray for their spirits, for their souls, for their for themselves to come to God through this. Maybe you're seeing this. I'm seeing more people be sober, more people talk to me about God, more people, especially those who've drifted from the faith, saying, "Mm, maybe I need to think again about the way that I've drifted from God. This is a wonderful thing, that that God is using something bad, but he's he's opening doors. And a question I'd like to ask you to think about, and you might want to discuss this in your family groups, is this. What's been better since the COVID-19 virus has struck us? Some things have been worse, but some things have been better, been better in your relationship with God, better in your relationships with other people, with your children, with your spouse, better in your community, better in your workplace, better in some way or other. So what's been better? Because God's doing something amazing. He has more power than our enemy. We do have an enemy, but he is nothing like as powerful as our God. Our God has superior weapons. Final thought. Woe to me that I live in Meshech, that I live amongst the tents of Kedar. What's he talking about? Uh, Kedar is east of Jordan. Meshech is north of Israel, possibly where Turkey is these days. He's saying, I don't know what I'm doing living in those places. Now, literally, he clearly can't be living in two places at once. So it's not a, he's talking metaphorically here. And what he's saying is, I've been further from God than I realized. And that's why they needed to do this pilgrimage. One of the reasons that God had them do these festivals is to take them out of their normal routine and bring them back to Jerusalem, to the temple, to be reminded who was their God and who they were as the people of God. And again, in a time like this, this time can be creatively, spiritually useful for us when we realize that God can use it to remind us of who we are and who he is, but we need to make a change. 
I've lived amongst those tents. I've lived far away in, in uh, Meshech and Kedar. I don't want to live there anymore. I don't want to live there anymore. I don't want to be far from God. I want to be close to God. And frankly, what that means is perhaps we need to repent. Perhaps we need to repent. And maybe not of some heinous, horrendous sin, but maybe we need to repent of an attitude of self-reliance, an attitude of desiring comfortability, an attitude that says, I've got everything I need right now, God. You don't need to challenge me anymore. You don't need to help me grow anymore. Maybe we need to repent of such thinking because God's got something better for us. Let's face it. Where would you rather be as an Israelite? Out there amongst the pagans, surrounded by them in, in Ked, Ked, Kedar or Meshech, not knowing where God is and who you really are? Or would you rather be in Jerusalem, on the holy mountain, by the, in the temple courts, close to the Holy of Holies, smelling the sweet smell of sacrifices as they go up, knowing that this is for, for you and your relationship with God, knowing that the Shekinah, the glory of God is there in the temple, knowing that he is your God. I mean, wouldn't you rather be there? See, that's the kind of place, metaphorically, God is taking you and I through this, through this pilgrimage time. That's kind of what's going on. And Jesus is with us all the way. I'm gonna... So I'm going to finish with a scripture that Chevy used at the beginning. It's John 14, verse 27. Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. We may feel troubled. We may feel afraid. But we don't need to live a troubled life or live a fearful life. We're on a pilgrimage. We've just begun. This could go on for some time. But even though we have maybe only just begun, we're going to a much, much better place. So I hope this has been helpful for us all. Maybe this is what we need to do. Or maybe it'd be helpful to talk about uh, these uh, points in our times of discussion, in our family groups, our locations. Uh, reflect on what Tim said about the early church and about being like Jesus. Reflect on what I've said here from Psalm 120. And if you've got any thoughts, do post a comment on the YouTube channel or wherever you see this so that we can be learning from each other. I do hope this has been a blessing to you. Looking forward to catching up with you all again soon. Take care and God bless. Mm-hmm.